Good evening, this is Caleb Arnd with the Walk With God podcast and YouTube channel, recording for you for Sunday, June 28th, 2020, and we're going to be reading from Psalm 146, 2 Kings chapters 13 and 14, Proverbs chapter 18, verses 2 and 3, and then Acts chapter 18, verse 22 through chapter 19, verse 12. Before we get started, let's go before the throne of our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this time that we have to study your word today, to grow according to your word. Lord, I pray that we would study it well, that we would hear the plain and simple message, the straightforward truth that you have for us. Lord, please open our ears and our minds and our hearts to receive the wonderful things that we will see from your word today. Help us to grow. Help us to live our lives according to the word that you are giving us and apply it to our lives well. Lord, I pray for our country that you would heal the brokenness, the the broken hearts and minds of the people in our country. I pray that you would unify us together underneath you. Turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the fathers to the children. Turn our hearts to you, Lord God. Help us to follow after your holy will, your perfect will. And Lord, help us to love you so much that love begins to abound and to overflow into everyone else's lives around us and they see only you lord jesus in us help us to be your hands and feet help us to reach out to our neighbors and share with them your holy gospel your good news of your resurrection and your abundant life and love that you give Lord, let your holy will be done in our lives, and I pray for the healing of our nation, the healing of all those that are fighting the coronavirus. I pray for the healing of Joel and Scarlett and Brother Joe Blevins. I thank you for his healing of his cancer, Lord. I pray for the healing of Grandpa Delano and Grandpa Napuanoa and uh, Leela and all those that are fighting against cancer, all those that are fighting against tumors and uh Uh, Cousin Steve and and all of those that are fighting against viruses or sicknesses. Lord, I pray for the protection of our law enforcement and our first responders and our soldiers and all those that are serving, Lord. Please protect them and keep them safe and keep them alive and healthy and strong. Lord, help us to grow. Help us to uh, extend our reach out into all the world. Please send laborers into your harvest and help souls to uh, trust in you for their salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 146 is where we're starting today, and it says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. 
This psalm is a praise of God, and it's praising the Lord for his goodness. And it starts out with the psalmist saying, I will, uh, while I live, will I praise the Lord. In all the days that he lives, in all the times that he has, he will sing praises unto his God. And that's what we should do. We should continually praise God. We should not put our trust in princes or in men. We should not put our trust in politicians or those that promise uh, good things. We should not put our trust in cults or isms or anything other than the Lord God himself, because only Jesus can save and only Jesus will satisfy in our life. His uh, breath goeth forth. This is talking about man still. He returneth to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. And so when we die, there is no continuation in this physical body and in this physical life after that point of death, uh, at least until the sun returns and we are resurrected again to, uh, and the body, the physical body is resurrected and turned into a glorified body of all those who are saved. And, and until that point, when a man dies and is buried in the ground, then there is no more hope of him for a, that man to help us. And so we should put our trust not in man, but we should put our trust in God. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, the God of Israel, the God of uh, Jacob who had his name turned and changed to Israel and given uh, that by the Lord, which is the, the prince of God, whose hope is in the Lord for his help, his God. Man, we should have our hope in God. He should be the one that we are trusting in. And that God is worthy of praise. He made heaven. He made the earth. He made the sea. He made everything. He executes perfect judgment. He opens the eyes of the blind. In Jesus' life, he did more miracles than were recorded in the entire Old Testament combined. He, the Lord Jesus, the Lord God, does miracles and did miracles on this earth. And that is... Those were signs that we could see for his miraculous wonder that he is God. And the greatest miracle of all is that we can trust in him for our salvation. And he saves us and then comes as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us. And we are sealed with that uh, Holy Spirit of promise unto the day of redemption where our physical bodies will be changed and turned if we are living on this world when jesus comes for his own we will be raptured up into heaven and be able to join him and forever be with the lord then and it says the lord even preserves strangers he relieves the fatherless and the widow but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down so at some point the lord will destroy all the purposes of evil and wickedness and even now, when we are praying for the Lord's will to be done and for evil purposes to be disappointed, we can see the Lord working according to his perfect will. The Lord shall reign forever, and the eternity and eternality of God, his infinite nature, that he will live forever and ever and ever, is one of the greatest attributes of God that we can see. Now, turning to the book of Second Kings, we're going to read from chapter 13 and 14 tonight, and it says, In the 3 and 20th year of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, 
Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, began to reign over Israel and Samaria, and reigned seventeen years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, and followed the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not therefrom. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he delivered them into the hand of Hazael, king of Syria, and into the hand of Ben-Hadad, son of Hazael, all their days. And Jehoahaz besought the Lord, and the Lord hearkened unto him, for he saw the oppression of Israel, because the king of Syria oppressed them. And the Lord gave Israel a savior, so that they went out from under the hand of the Syrians, and the children of Israel dwelt in their tents as before time. Nevertheless, they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, who made Israel to sin, but walked therein, and there remained the grove also in Samaria. Neither did he leave of the people to Jehoahaz but fifty horsemen, and ten chariots, and ten thousand footmen, for the king of Syria had destroyed them, and had made them like the dust of threshing. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoahaz, and all that he did, and his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jehoahaz slept with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria, and Joash his son reigned in his stead. In the thirty and seventh year of Joash, king of Judah, began Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, to reign over Israel in Samaria, and reigned sixteen years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, but he walked therein. And the rest of the acts of Joash, and all that he did, and his might wherewith he fought against Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Joash slept with his fathers, and Jeroboam sat upon his throne, and Joash was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died, and Joash the king of Israel came down unto him, and wept over his face, and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek, till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice, and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him, and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria, till thou hadst consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And Elisha died, and they buried him, and the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of the year. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, that, behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulchre of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. But Hazael, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz, and the Lord was gracious unto them, and had compassion on them, and had respect unto them, because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and would not destroy them, neither cast he them from his presence as yet. So Hazael, king of Syria, died, and Ben-Hadad his son reigned in his stead. And Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, took again out of the hand of Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazael, the cities, which he had taken out of the hand of Jehoahaz, his father, by war. Three times did Joash beat him, and recovered the cities of Israel. Chapter 14 
In the second year of Joash, son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel, reigned Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah. He was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jehoadon of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like David his father. He did according to all things as Joash his father did. Howbeit the high places were not taken away, as yet the people did sacrifice and burnt incense on the high places. And it came to pass, as soon as the kingdom was confirmed in his hand, that he slew his servants which had slain the king his father. But the children of the murderers he slew not, according unto that which is written in the book of the law of Moses, wherein the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not be put to death for the children, nor the children be put to death for the fathers, but every man shall be put to death for his own sin. He slew of Edom in the valley of Salt ten thousand, and took Selah by war, and called the name of it Jokthiel unto this day. Then Amaziah sent messengers to Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us look one another in the face. And Jehoash, the king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give thy daughter to my son to wife. And there passed by a wild beast that was in Lebanon, and trode down the thistle. Thou hast indeed smitten Edom, and thine heart hath lifted thee up. Glory of this, and tarry at home. For why shouldest thou meddle to thy hurt, that thou shouldest fall, even thou and Judah with thee? But Amaziah would not hear. Therefore Jehoash, king of Israel, went up, and he and Amaziah, king of Judah, looked one another in the face at Beth Shemesh, which belongeth to Judah. And Judah was put to the worse before Israel, and they fled every man to their tents. And Jehoash, king of Israel, took Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Jehoash, the son of Ahaziah, at Beth Shemesh, and came to Jerusalem, and brake down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim unto the corner gate four hundred cubits. And he took all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house and hostages and returned to Samaria. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoash, which he did, and his might, and how he fought with Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jehoash slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel, and Jeroboam his son reigned in his stead. And Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived after the death of Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel, fifteen years. And the rest of the acts of Amaziah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? Now they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish, but they sent after him to Lachish, and slew him there. And they brought him on horses, and he was buried at Jerusalem with his fathers in the city of David. And all the people of Judah took Azariah, which was sixteen years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah. After that, the king slept with his fathers. In the fifteenth year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria, and reigned forty and one years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. He restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath unto the sea of the plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gath-hefer. For the Lord saw the affliction of Israel, that it was very bitter, for there was not any shut up, nor any left, nor any helper for Israel. And the Lord said not that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam the son of Joash. 
Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam and all that he did and his might, how he warred and how he recovered Damascus and Hamath, which belonged to Judah, for Israel, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jeroboam slept with his fathers, even with the kings of Israel, and Zechariah his son reigned in his stead. All right, to understand chapters 13 and chapters 14, we need to understand who the characters are that we're talking about for these different acts that are going on. And so we have Jehoahaz, which is of the northern rulers, the northern kings, or, or the kingdom of Israel. So there's two separate kingdoms right now. There's the kingdom of Israel in the north and the kingdom of Judah in the south. So these characters, we're talking about the kingdom of Israel in the north. We have Jehoahaz, who is the son of Jehu. Then we have Jehoash, who is the son of Jehoahaz, the grandson of Jehu. And then we have Jeroboam the second, which is the son of Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, the great-grandson of Jehu. For the southern kingdom, for the kingdom of Judah, we have the characters, or we have the kings that are Joash, the son of Ahaziah. We have Amaziah, the son of Joash. Then we have Azariah, which is also known as Uzziah. Those are the two different names that he's known by in Scripture. Uh, the book of Second Kings refers to him as Azariah, but we will also see him referred to as Uzziah in the book of Second Chronicles when we read from that. We see in chapter 13 that Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, began to reign over all of Israel and Samaria, the capital city of northern Israel, and reigned 17 years. But the anger of the Lord was kindled against them because he continued to do that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. But he uh, slightly repents, or repents at least for a little while, and besought the Lord, it says in verse 4, after the nation of Syria begins to oppress Israel. And so the Lord helps them and uses him as a deliverer and delivers them out of the hands of Syria. Nevertheless, this repentance was not long-lasting, and so Syria continued to be a problem for them. Joash, his son, then takes over for his father Jehoahaz's place, and it says that he then also goes to visit Elisha when Elisha falls sick and is about to die, and Elisha blesses his hands because he is repenting and turning to the Lord's anointed and, and turning to the Lord at least for a certain time period as well, like his father did. And so Elisha shows him a sign and a, a symbol of his deliverance. And so he has him shoot an arrow out of the window and it says the Lord's deliverance. And so then has him smite on the ground with some arrows and he smites three times on the ground and then doesn't hit any more. And Elisha is angry with him for not continuing to strike the ground. It's saying that if you would have hit six or seven times, or five or six times, correction, five or six times, then thou hast smitten Syria till that thou hast consumed it. And so you could have destroyed Syria all the time, uh, completely and fully, and not just partially, and not just defeated it three times. The Lord would have delivered them into your hands fully and completely, but since you only smote three times, you'll only defeat them three times. Elisha then dies, but a miracle is recorded even after his death that the power of God uh, was so in the presence of the body of Elisha that as they're laying a man to rest in a sepulcher, they saw bands of Moabites coming into the land, it says, and they were afraid of them, so they just dropped this man that they were burying in the sepulcher of Elisha just that was close by so that they could get away and could flee quickly. But when this man, this dead body, touched the bones of Elisha, it restored completely back to life, and he came back alive. 
And then we see that while Syria oppressed Israel during the days of Jehoahaz, the Lord did not let Israel be completely defeated. Then in the days of his son, Joash, the Lord delivered some of the land that uh, Jehoahaz had lost to Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazael. And so Joash reclaimed all of that land as well. Three times did Joash beat him and recovered the cities of Israel, it says in verse 25. Turning to chapter 14, we look at... Uh, the kings of Judah a little bit. And so we see in the second year of Joash, the son of Jehoiakaz, king of Israel. So kind of some corresponding dates between the two kingdoms is where we're looking the most and we're seeing the most dating and understanding when things are happening here as the writers are writing this. He was 25 years old, speaking of Amaziah, the king of Judah. And it says in records that Amaziah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, just not as good and not as right as the king David did. And so the high places were not taken away. And it records that he did not fully, completely turn the entire nation back to God. It also records an altercation that he had between Israel and Judah. And so after Amaziah had defeated the Edomites and their rebellion and revolt against Israel, then he gets proud and lifted up and he goes to speak proudly against Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, in King Israel, uh, the kingdom of Israel, and fight against him. And so they uh, go and face one another and fight against one another and the kingdom of Israel defeats the kingdom of Judah. And so Joash then goes and he takes all of the treasures out of the temple and out of the king's house and all out of Judah, out of Jerusalem and takes it to Samaria. Now, about 15 years after this, the men of Jerusalem plot for the death of Amaziah, and they kill him even after he fled to Lachish. They sought him there and killed him there, and then they put Azariah, or also known as Uzziah, upon the throne in Judah. And he was 16 years old, Uzziah was, when he began to reign. And it records that he did some good things for the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom here, and it says that, he built Eloth and restored it to Judah. After that, the king slept with his fathers. And so he had built some storage cities and some storage areas so that they could expand and also have supplies where they need it. Then after Joash, we see that Jeroboam II begins to reign as king of Israel, the northern kingdom. And it says that he also restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath and the city of the Hamath unto the sea of the plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gath-hefer. And so this great-grandson of Jehu recovered much of the land that had been taken away by the Syrians and by other forces when they take, took away cities from the northern kingdom. And he restored them by the blessing of God because God was divinely protecting them from being completely destroyed and allowed them to gain these outer-lying cities so that to continue to protect themselves. And God was allowing them to have the chance of repentance and protecting them from complete and utter destruction. Sadly, they did not take the advantage of the chance to fully repent and follow after the Lord with all of their hearts. Now, turning to the book of Proverbs, we're going to read chapter 18, verses 2 and 3 tonight. And it says, A fool that hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. When the wicked cometh, then cometh also contempt, and with ignominy reproach. 
So a fool hath no delight in understanding. He doesn't want to seek after true knowledge and understanding. He doesn't want to understand how people are trying to correct him or give him knowledge that is based on true facts, but that his heart may discover itself. He just wants what he wants. And we should not be so proud and lifted up that we will not listen to correction when it is based on truth, when it is based on God's perfect holy word. Verse 3, when the wicked cometh, then cometh also contempt. And so when wicked people, evil people, those that are doing foolishly and doing wrongly and doing evil and crimes and criminal activity and that which is not right in the sight of God, then cometh also contempt. And it brings with it pride. It brings anger. It brings uh, hateful, vile spitefulness and anger and bitterness and jealousy and envy and evil feelings and evil things with it. This is with ignominy, with knowledge of an evil presence that someone bears and carries with them. And so this notoriety that they are not a good person, they're an evil person and a reproach. And we should, we should know that our actions uh, do speak very loudly and we should choose wise actions because of that and we should choose to do that which is right in the sight of God and bring goodness and grace and mercy and truth in everywhere that we go. Now turning to the book of Acts we're going to read from chapter 18 verse 22 through 19 verse 12 and it says and when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and saluted the church, he went down to Antioch. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Ephrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them, and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Chapter 19 And it came to pass that, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he but departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. In verses 22 and 23, it records Paul's journeys and travels, encouraging the different churches of these different 
precincts or different uh, cities and localities in Asia, and it's recording those. Then it also talks about Apollos. And Apollos, it says, was a certain Jew that was born in Alexandria and an eloquent man. So he was, uh, he had very good speaking abilities and speaking skills, and he knew the scriptures. And this was an a, incredibly important point because this is exactly what Paul used to reason with the Jewish people and, and the Gentiles as well that Jesus is the Christ and proving that from the Old Testament and then writing unto them encouragement and teaching and doctrines with his letters. And so Apollos, he was speaking boldly in the synagogue that people should be baptized and should repent for the coming of the Lord. And so when Achilla and Priscilla heard this, they uh, they brought him and they taught him and showed him the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Messiah had indeed come, and now he could teach and preach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He became a great and influential speaker of the Lord Jesus Christ and a great expounder of the Word of God, and so he came and he also became the pastor of the church at Corinth then. So when Paul was coming through to Ephesus, he, Apollos uh, was at Corinth as well, and so Paul, having gone to Ephesus, he found some disciples, it says, certain disciples, and he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And uh, they said, we have not so much as heard of whether there be any Holy Ghost. And so uh, in this text, it states in verse 2 that they have believed. This is the question of Paul, since they have believed. So they are believing, and they've been baptized with the baptism of John, but they have not been baptized with the baptism of of the Holy Ghost and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul takes this opportunity after that they have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ to baptize them in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit at this point had waited for a certain time for them to recognize and be recognized by an authorized messenger of God before coming upon them in a noticeable way. And so after they are baptized by Paul into this uh, baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ, then the Holy Ghost comes upon them and it says, came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied, giving physical signs and uh, signification that they now have the Holy, the gift of the Holy Ghost that they can also use to go out and preach the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the savior of the world. After this, Paul goes to the synagogue in the city of Ephesus and he's preaching the Lord Jesus Christ until there comes a great disputation or argument against that. And many of them did not believe, but many did. And so then he turns and goes instead to the, from the synagogue, he goes to the house of a Tyrannus. And this was a school run by a man named Tyrannus. And it continued it there for two years, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ, giving as many as would come the knowledge of the scriptures. And God confirmed this preaching, this knowledge, this teaching and doctrine of Paul by working special miracles, it says, and not just physical close proximity miracles, but uh, Paul sent out handkerchiefs or uh, napkins or aprons or anything that they could send or that they would bring to him, and he would send them out and to those that had diseases or those that had evil spirits, and all of them would depart immediately, proving and showing that Paul had the authorized word of God to continue to teach and to preach. 
And we should recognize the word of God as it truly is, not the word of man that has been written by just thinking about God and thinking about how great he is then recording some of their own thoughts. But this is the inspiration of God, the inspired word of God. God gave them the thoughts to very think inside their minds so that they could record the right and proper words to write down the inspired word of God in a way that has no contradictions, has no problems with it, and does not conflict with itself, but harmonizes with all of Scripture. And friend, we should recognize God's Word as it is the Word of God, and then live by its influence in our life, applying its principles to our lives. Friend, thank you for the uh, studying the Word of God with me today. I truly hope it has been a blessing for you, and if you have any praises or prayer requests or questions, please email them to me at the email that's listed in the notes. I'll be sure to look for those and to pray with you for them and to get back to you. Thanks once again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk With God podcast.